Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed, you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. Phase shifting, preparing for data mesh adoption going wide in your org. Mesh Musings number 35. Okay, this one is going to be a bit of a debate of push and pull from somewhat recent episodes. The question is focusing on today versus focusing on kind of the bigger picture in the longer term. It's come up a bit in the past episodes, but as we have had two recent episodes, number 147 with Gunjan Agarwal and number 151 with Jill Maffeo, they're both in kind of that phase two of their data mesh journey, that going wider phase. And they're talking about building out a suite of data products to support more and more use cases. We've heard it a bit from earlier folks too regarding the platform, including Pablo and Havo at Glovo in episode 139. Those who are really getting going with their journeys that are further down the path are saying they wish they spent more time and effort earlier in their journey looking at the big picture of what use cases they would need to serve, you know, and kind of how they would need to do that, what questions they would need to answer versus focusing on serving two specific use cases, all things like that. But then we also aren't hearing from those who lost momentum with their data mesh implementation from trying to build too much today and not delivering on value. So isn't it always the case that we are trying to balance near-term, mid-term, and long-term results? <laughs> we want the near-term maximization. You know, Amara Gafour talked about this in her episode, but we want that maximization without sacrificing any of the return in the immediate or, or in the inter- intermediate or long-term. And that just isn't really feasible. So let's dive in a bit about how you might weigh them against each other here. When looking to balance achieving results now, so you can actually achieve a good return on your initial investment in your data mesh implementation, I think it is okay to focus mostly on the use cases in front of you. But a lot of what Amara Kafur mentioned in episode 133 was how when you really zoom out, many data products really can overlap if you're not careful. You might create them as a suite of data products, or you might create 
rather large data products as Amara and team are doing on the source side, I really don't have the right answer for you, you know, right now. Omar Kawaja in episode 96, who's working on the same implementation as Amara, mentioned something about how important communication is just to prevent the overlap. Especially he was talking about kind of that work in process. So I think as you head on your journey about, you know, do at least a rough map of what data in a domain you'd want to share eventually and start to draw up some logical boundaries around data products. You don't have to build them. The boundaries will change. There will probably be some overlap rather than lots of white spaces. If you're like, we cannot have any overlap, then you're probably going to have white spaces or you're going to have very small, strange data products that kind of look like they're gerrymandered uh, type of <laughs> voting districts. But, you know, if you have some overlap, it at least prevents the issue like giving everyone their own piece of a mural to make without a plan for the entire mural. If you don't do that, you will end up, you know, decentralized with no interoperability instead of federated. If you do that with the mural, you'll end up with a whole lot of different themes and styles, and they're really probably going to clash. So the bigger overarching point here seems to be that it's pretty easy to focus on the near term instead of the long term, and that will cause some headaches down the line. But I actually strongly prefer optimizing more, not entirely, but more for today in most cases. Just look to not lock yourself in which is, I think, again, a thing that a lot of people are really afraid of, of um, you have to get it perfect up front versus allow yourself that iterative space to learn and evolve and change and that you're, everybody that's participating, they have to be aware that things will, will change and evolve. You know, A few guests have mentioned let the problems for the, you know, six months from now be solved in six months. Yes, only solving the loudest problems today is part of the general data problems at most large organizations. Pablo and uh, Havo mentioned that on their episode again. But we also have to show results, right? Like, how else are we going to get continued funding? Let's talk about what Katie Bauer mentioned in her episode about champagne data problems. You know, it's like, oh, this champagne isn't the best champagne. Well, that's what a champagne problem is. It's like there could be much worse things that you're dealing with than subpar champagne. Getting to a place where you are successful with your data mesh initial use cases to the degree there start to be some overlaps because you are going wider with your data mesh, I think that is a better problem to have than not getting the funding to continue. So we can look to set safeguards in place. Again, listen to Omar's episode. Strongly communicate about data products and coverage, including that work in process of what data products are you working on that aren't out yet. And so everybody's kind of aware of everything that's going on. So every, you know, everyone is aware of what people are, are working on. Start to map out your use cases that will look similar to, again, try to prevent that overlap, et cetera. But it's also not the end of the world in my view, if there is some overlap. Yes, it can be costly, but being so worried about redundant work that you spend weeks or months building systems and processes and all that stuff to prevent it 
isn't that going to be far more expensive than having a couple of places where there's there's a bit of overlap? Now, again, if you have complete chaos and you just let everybody, if you just decentralize instead of federate where there's communication and there's collaboration and all of that, you're going to have a lot of overlap and that's probably not going to be good. People are going to be very confused as to where to get the data. It's going to be costly, uh, you know, which data means what and all of that stuff. But I digress. So what is more valuable is what Jill Maffeo mentioned in her episode about looking at portfolio management principles. You really want to have a bigger picture about what questions you will want to ask and start setting out the plans early. You don't have to build two general questions. Start by answering use cases specifically with data products. But once you start to go wide, providing that ability to instantly answer the questions of execs will result in great business outcomes and more funding. So circling back, you want to have the bigger picture in mind. Each domain should think about what data they will want to share and why eventually you don't have to map out exactly what all of your data products are going to be up front, but you should be thinking about that. So I guess if you're asking for the takeaway here, don't get too focused on absolutely preventing overlap. You should put processes in place to look for and prevent that, but it's not the end of the world. You need communication over trying to ensure that non-overlap via tech, at least to start. But think about your phase two more in the sense of where can I add the most value by building out a portfolio, a suite of complementary data products. You don't have to build the the platform right now to be able to (laughs) solve all of the problems later, but you do want that roadmap. You want a roadmap of what data you're going to share and why. A big one, start interviewing people. Data as a product means product management. Product management means going and talking to customers, potential customers, you know, all these people in the ecosystem. Ask them about what typical questions they have and start to abstract those to think about, you know, your general data structure you'd provide to make answering those questions easy. Think ahead. Don't do all of the work now, but think ahead. You know, when you are painting again, think about how you're going to fill the white space on the canvas, even if you aren't focusing on that area just yet. You know, I don't know if anybody's seen that um, great drawing of the the horse where it's like, um, you know, the plans and it's like this beautiful, amazingly drawn head and front legs. And then it's like getting to um, kind of somewhat crunch time and then like the middle section is is not that well drawn and then the the last section is you know okay it it has to be released in in a week and it's you know basically stick drawn uh legs for the back half of the horse we don't want to have that right that's not the good way to do art that's not how you want to plan out anything relative to your roadmap but think about how you're going to be in the future right And for goodness sake, you know, as well, people in the community start talking to each other about this, right? Start talking to each other about what you're looking at for phase two. Where are you coming across these things where you're like, I really wish I had known this. If we had a lot more people sharing that and more people constantly chatting with each other. I know some of this happens in in private chats rather than in the public, but more and more of that information exchange. 
we don't want to have people's journeys stalling simply because we didn't plan ahead. So I don't have all the answers here. I think what you need to, to consider is doing the work for today, but planning for tomorrow and making sure that you're not disrupting all of your plans constantly and that you are thinking about what is my data product map, my canvas of my data product going to look like. And there probably will be some overlap. And I don't think that's the end of the world. But if you don't plan ahead, there will be a lot of overlap in a lot of cases as you start to serve additional use cases. And that's (laughs) just probably not a great thing. So with that, I'll sign off. Scott out. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music. Music.